Welcome to the A to Z of sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth. I'm an intimacy coach and psychologist. I created this show to explore the erotic alphabet, to help you learn more about desire and expressing your desires, discover ways to spice up your relationship and create that sizzling relationship you've always wanted. I do this through solid science, real life stories and interviews with an exciting variety of sex experts. Listen in weekly as I share key strategies to help you create your ideal sexual life. Make sure you join us to access even more sexual strategies on my blog, A to Z of Sex, access our monthly newsletter with subscriber-only offers at www.atozofsex.com. That's A-T-O-Z-O-F-S-E-X. Welcome to the A to Z of Sex. I'm Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee, and I am your host. We are working our way through the erotic alphabet one letter at a time. Just a reminder, this podcast deals with adult content. So if you don't have total privacy, you might want to put on your headphones. Today, the letter is W, and W is for writing. I had the opportunity to record a wide variety of people at Master Slave Conference 2018 over the Labor Day weekend in the United States. I recorded this episode with Jackie Griot while I was there. In 2006, Jackie found the local BDSM community through the TNG movement and served on the steering committee for the Next Generation Baltimore for six years. Jackie worked for peplove.com, People Exchanging Power, as a phone dominant and sex counselor. Jackie worked at Sugar the Shop, a woman in trans-operated adult toy store as a sex educator. Since 2007, Jackie Griot has taught classes for local and national organizations, including but not limited to Maryland Institute College of Art, MICA, Dark Odyssey Winter Fire, Dark Odyssey Fusion, Floating World, Baltimore Educational Social Society, BESS, Blackbeat, FetFest, Primal Arts, TNG Baltimore, DCTNG, and Touch of Flavor. Her published erotica and essays related to kink and BDSM appear in Salacious Magazine, Sacred Kink Anthology, Carter Johnson Leather Library, and the National Coalition for Sexual Freedom, as well as in her own zine, Perverts of Color. What I wanted to talk to you about was um, a bit about TNG. Okay. And um, and your new project, yes, perverts of color, and I, I kind of want to emphasize the perverts of color bit. Okay. But that kind of grew out of you stepping up and being willing to do TNG, and so listeners um, come from all walks of life and don't necessarily know what that means. Okay. Um, there are Star Trek people who think they know what that means. <laughs> it's close, sort of. Yes, yeah, so this isn't a Star Trek The Next Generation. This is the next generation for the leather community. Correct, yes. So um, the next generation of leather, kink, BDSM, whatever you want to call it, uh, it's usually people between the ages of 18 and 35. Uh, I am 34, so technically I'm in that range. And when I first came into kink, um, that was the group that I was first attracted to because they were my peers. And so I started helping out with TNG Baltimore, which is a local group, munch, happy hour, whatever phrase you want to call it, uh, meeting up um, twice a month or once a month, depending on um, 
the times. And I did that for maybe like four years running that group. And um, I did it with a bunch of people. It wasn't just me. It was like we had a committee. Um, but I did that for a while. And then I sort of transitioned into the leather community. And that's when I met my leather mom, Mistress Max. And I met Mama Vi and all, you know, uh, Miss Jill Carter and all these amazing, like, black leather women. And so I was more invested in that. So I sort of stopped organizing TNG. I still went, I still supported it, but it wasn't my focus. Then I got really into sort of black leather experience. So Yeah, so how old were you when you kind of knew this was going to be your home, the, the, the kink BDSM sort of part of it? Um, I got into, I graduated college in um, 06. And at the time I was married. And so I was just going to happy hours. Um, my husband didn't come, so I just went to happy hours on my own. And so I would say 2006 was when I um, really started getting invested in that group because I just met a lot of people my age. Um, so I kind of jumped in feet first. As soon mm. as I got out of school, I was like, let me find out about the King community. You know, I'd always knew I liked things that were different and weird, creative, interesting. And then I found out there were ways to actually explore that and do it safely or intentionally as opposed to just on accident. So we met in 2010. Yeah, I believe so. Can, I can't believe it's been eight years already. Yeah, it has. Yeah. And you were, um, you were excitedly leather. <laughs> yes, I was. I still am. Yeah. It's just evolved through, through time. My understanding of it is uh, leather is a community that is about family and authenticity and sexual freedom. Um, there's a level of understanding history and where this comes from. Mm -hmm. um, but also there's a level of being a rebel and a wild child. So I've always embraced that. I love the hierarchy and the lessons and the history but I also like doing whatever I want to do. Well, and <laughs> no shit. But that's, I mean, one of the things that I like about that is that, um, you know, when you talk about that, it's a lot of people don't realize that um, kink and BDSM can actually move to deeper relationships. I, and this isn't casting any aspersions, but right. people who enjoy authority-based, authority-transfer-based relationships and who tend to get in longer term ones mm -hmm. um, um, usually end up gravitating towards leather. Whereas people who like situational authority transfer. Mm -hmm. So that's um, sometimes casual. It's sometimes only when you're um, in at an event or right. only in the bedroom don't tend to make that transition. Yeah. I, I would say um, there's not a wrong or a right way, but, for kink, there's an element of you can be kinky and not be in the community. Like you can be a kinky person privately or certain times and or you just are kinky one day and then not the next day. Like you don't, it can be short term or long term. But usually with leather, there is some sense of like community obligation, community connection, um, connection to history that you feel related to these topics. So you're invested in it more as an identity. Yeah. Kink, kink can be an identity, but it doesn't have to be. Right. Like, I think about, like, the stereotype, like, closet, cross-dresser. Nothing that's wrong with being a closet cross-dresser. Of course, it's your closet, it's your stuff, or whatever you want to. But, like, you can be into that and not tell anyone. 
get, but if you're a leather, people usually know. Like you're, there's some degree of I'm out, I'm doing things. It's a, it's like publicly known. If it even if it's only publicly known in that community, someone knows you're a leather. Right. You know, so. Right. I mean, I think it's it, it's it's an interesting one. And of course, we met in, an, in, in a semi unusual circumstance for me being there, not for you, um, because we met within the POC community and and. People forget that Jewish people are not white. Yes, not <laughs> um, by default, but you know. Yeah, yeah. and so and so people think people forget, and, and and also you can't necessarily see Jewishness. So, um, so they saw a pale-skinned, freckled redhead, and kind of, um, and so that was an unusual place to meet me. And I'm, I mean, at some point, I, I don't know that I've actually properly told the story of how that ended up happening, mm. um, but. It was definitely my and remains my home, mm. um, yeah. and and has been my home. Yeah. Um, and so I was around as you started talking a lot about the invisibility in the greater leather community, and as more and more people were talking about um, the fact that people of color weren't feeling comfortable coming out mm -hmm. and being part of leather events. Yeah. Um, and in fact, a lot of people who would identify as leather would only go to um, specific, specific yeah. POC events or they would go to kink events because they didn't feel like there was a place for them at the table. Right. And so there's been this movement over time mm -hmm. and it's still ongoing and there's still much more work to be done. Mm -hmm. But one of the ways in which you have gotten involved is by looking at publication and art and um, writing and saying, you know, there's a place for this beyond just in the Carter Johnson Leather Library telling yeah. the history. Because yeah. that's a place where all of this is preserved, but where is it in the world? Yeah. So how did you end up putting together Perverts of Color? Um, okay, so I was having a great conversation with a friend of mine who was a kinkster. She's a Korean American and we were just talking about where are the other kinds of people, you know, kink sexuality, the adult industry, all that stuff. It's usually just beautiful white girls. And I love beautiful white girls like everybody else does, but you know, let's mix it up, right? So um, we were having that conversation and originally Pearls of Color started in about 2012 where I was doing it as an anthology. Um, but at the time, <clears throat> and honestly, I was, my marriage was falling apart and you know, lots of things were going on. So I just could not dedicate the time to it. So I kept putting it on the back burner, and finally I said, well, I'm going to turn it into a Tumblr. So Perverts of Color on Tumblr started, which is, for people who don't know, Tumblr is like a, another social media, but it has a lot more porn on it for whatever reason. <laughs> but anyway, so um, I just started collecting all the images I could find of brown people, people of color who were doing kinky things, sexuality, whatever, like whatever interests me. And I was just wanted to keep it alive. I wanted a place for it. So through the process of collecting that, um, I just met more people, and then the platform grew. And then this year, I finally got off my ass and said, no, I need to start actually publishing the stories of people of color. Because even for all of these amazing brown people who are doing things in the community, they don't really have a place to go see other brown people um, in the community. So uh, real quick, just some history. Mm. Uh, black leather and color. B-L-I-K, um, was the last publication that was related to black sexuality, leather, kink. And that ended in 2000. Yep. So once that ended, 
there was eight issues and that was basically so that was 18 years ago right so eight issues 18 years ago that's been the only real publication for us by us so this year in february black history mom i decided to get start another zine and the first one was really just me getting it out because there was a lot of my own personal uh stuff you know, when you're talking about these issues, people make assumptions about you and what yep. you're into. You talk about sexuality, there's like a whole nother component as a content creator. Yeah. And you have to just like put your stuff out there, but not necessarily take on how people judge you for it. Yep. So Don't I know it. Yes. And then, you know, as a black woman in, in general, people have all kinds of assumptions about my sexuality and what I could be and da da da. So it took me this long to get to the point where I could just say, no, I'm going to write about this because I know I'm not the only person. I've been having conversations for years and these topics keep coming up. Um, at one point, Perverts of Color was a happy hour that I was doing regularly. And then I realized that it wasn't so much just about the happy hour piece. It was about visual representation, stories, journals, essays, you know, like the, the, the things we're thinking, how we process this, not just coming together, which is great. We should come together and I support all the events like let's do it. But we also need to be keeping records of this because if we don't, then everyone thinks they're the only one. Like everyone will just continue to think they're the only so one. So there's a big part of this that, that is about um, being seen, mm. making sure that you're not, there's no erasure, no further erasure. Mm. And highlighting the fact that perverts of color is not just one thing. Right. So you need multiple stories so that people can recognize themselves in the group. Correct. And they can say, oh, they don't all look like this person over here, mm -hmm. or they're not all gay, or they're not all bisexual, or they're yes. not all, you know, oh, hey, there are gender fluid people, or oh, hey, right. so that they can then come out and be part of a community. And that's the thing people ask me the most. They say, oh, is it just about gay people? Oh, was it this and then the third? And I don't think it's as simple as that, right? There's diversity. There's a whole wide range of diversity of black people or brown people. And my focus, I will say, has been black people because, I don't know if you can tell, but I'm a black person. Uh, yeah, right? You're a black person. I'm definitely sure. a black yeah. person. But, you know, it's open to all people of color. It's not my job to determine whether you are or aren't a person of color. I feel like if you are, you will self-identify as that. I'm not here to be the race police to say who is what percentage. If you are, then you are and you know it. And if you are, then this is a place for you to express yourself, whatever your gender or racial identity is. I will say that um, if you, I believe that when you make things comfortable for black people, then by essence, it will be comfortable for many kinds of people. Because just like we learn through civil rights, just how we learn through most things, if you can accommodate one type of person, you're recognizing their differences, then by just by the fact that you're doing that process, you will be encompassing other types. Well, of yeah. Things. As soon as as soon as people recognize and accept difference, mm -hmm. one difference, then it's easier to recognize and accept another, and mm -hmm. another, and another. So, it, you, I, I believe you're right in that case that it, right. it does it spreads. Right, and so white people can read the magazine. That's like you know, it's not about you can't read this, this is our secret. It's more about, it's, it was created and dedicated to people who look like me and people who have experiences similar to me, but everyone can benefit from, from well, everyone can diversity. Sure, everyone can benefit from understanding your experience. Correct, yes. Like, so, cause when I first got into kink, I still remember going to an event and when I walked in, the host was like, oh, 
Are you in the right place? Because, um, you know, the NAACP meeting is down the hall. And it took me like a good two minutes because I was so naive. I was like, what, NAACP, they here? What are you talking about? Like, I was confused. And then I said, oh, wait a minute. She's trying to play me right now. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. So then I was like, okay, well, I'm looking for the room where everybody beats everybody. Is this the beat everybody room? That's what I was looking for. And so she got embarrassed and then they let me in. So I just happened to be the kind of person where you can't make me feel uncomfortable walking up in the space. You know, my black ass is ready to, to walk in there. I'll sit at the, the counter, whatever. So that's an interesting thing because that's one of the um – it's one of the reasons why I found my home where I did because mm -hmm. I, did, I wasn't uncomfortable. Right. Could have cared less. Right. It was like, I'm here. Right. Right. And you can say whatever you want to say and I'll hear you. I'm not going to freak out. This is cool. But it's also something that Mr. Blue was saying earlier today mm -hmm. when, when they were, this presentation was going on. It's like, he is also like you, right? Yeah. He's not waiting to be invited to the table. He came to the table. Correct. Right. And, and I think that, it's so important to have that representation, that representation mm -hmm. from people of color, right? Because it emboldens other people to be able to do it, correct? Because if you wait, you'd be waiting for a long time. Yeah, if I waited to be invited to other spaces, I probably would still be waiting. I just happened to find the right black women who were already in it, doing what they do. You know, at this point, you can not like me if you want to, but I know enough people that you just want to not like me while I'm in there. <laughs> you know? Right. I mean, but, but there's so much of, so much of that is about having the guts to mm -hmm. own who you are and take what you want. Yeah. It's about owning space because I'm definitely an extrovert and I recognize that by walking into a space, I have the ability to change the room. Mm -hmm. So I enjoy going into a room, making people uncomfortable to a certain extent, just because I recognize if you shake up the status quo, then at some point yep. it's settled and then we can all be in the space together. Yep. You know, I'm not trying to come in to be like, fuck all white people. You know, that's not the point. But the point is like, fuck all of your assumptions. Well, yeah. You know, and, and, and also, my story has to be here. Correct. And, th and that's why this is so important. Correct. Because and we've been doing this. Like, if we really think about it, there's been black people, brown people, whatever you want to call it, in kinks for years and years. And they've just either not known or not acknowledged or whatever. And so now it's about bringing back some of that to the forefront. Like, no, this happened because of people like this. Yeah. And, well, and, and, and so some of it is the telling of history because people haven't. Right. Um, but some of it is, some of what you do, and this is why I, I want to talk to you about this, is make this accessible for people. And we're going to step back from race for a second and look at things like education and class. Right. Right? right. So it's not just about being a person of color in a situation who might not feel that this world is accessible. Mm -hmm. Somebody who's working class might find it harder to feel this world is accessible. For example, right. how much disposable income do you have? Because that's an issue if you're going to go to events and join things, right? That's true. People in different levels of education feel that things aren't accessible. So from my perspective, having seen what you do, mm -hmm. you make things accessible. So somebody standing there can go, this is a, this is a person. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like this person is high up here. Right. This isn't an elder. This isn't... Um, a person who is like famous in, in, in the kind of way this isn't, you are educated, but you're not doing that. I'm going to speak in seven syllable words. Right. It, 
you're, you're very accessible in the way that you're doing this. And that means that more people feel validated and feel seen. And so they can step out from the shadows. Well, like my mama said, I'm not crazy. I just look like this. Right. So basically, I've always come from the point of view where if, if you can't talk to everyone, then you don't really know how to communicate. And I know many vocabulary words. We can have a yep. vocabulary. I know we can sit here and have an academic conversation yeah. easily. Yeah, but that's not what it's about. No. It's really about methods of communication. I also really enjoy things like vernacular and slang and curse yep. words and all of that. So, you know, excuse the fuck out of me. But they told me that makes it means I'm intelligent. That's what they said on the internet. Oh, I love that. <laughs> but I see for me, it's really funny because I, I, you know, when I get asked to do academic things and, and, and I can, you know, I've got the, the, the fudge mm -hmm. um, and I do, um, but I, most of what I do, I say, well, you know, I speak every day. Right. And that's deliberate. Yeah. Because if I'm going to um, share and help educate, mm -hmm. then I've got to be able to speak the way people are speaking. So, you know, our speech changes when we deal with different groups of people. Correct. And it's not about talking down to people too, because <laughs> I still expect the same amount of emotional intelligence and maturity yep. from everyone, regardless of which words I'm using. No, it's start from where you're at. Yeah. It's the same thing. It, it, it's, it's, and it's, it's a general principle when you're communicating with people, which often people don't know about and don't use, which is if you want to, be heard, you've got to start where the other person is at. Right. And so you make it possible. You're, it's an entryway. That's my goal. My goal, I'm, I've always, you know, been sort of a, so I don't know how much your, how much your listeners know about sort of magic or woo-woo or whatever. I'm just going to just go ahead. Cause myself. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty woo-woo myself. So yes. it's cool. So I am an extrovert, which means that I get energy from people being in certain circumstances, not all circumstances. I don't just go hang out the mall, suck up energy. I need to have the right circumstances, right? But the cool thing about King environments is that I can go in these spaces and I can just see people, body shapes, dynamics, smells, and it feeds me. So I love that. So I love going into a, a kink space and using my energy to make people feel comfortable especially people who may not have felt comfortable at first, right? So we're talking about people who don't traditionally, so not just people of color, but um, larger women, larger mm -hmm. men, people who have disabilities, people who don't look like the, the, the magazine. Trans the, people, LGBT people, people, you know, people with disabilities, people with, um, neuro, who was it, neural, I don't know, like neural diversity. I'm trying yeah. to get the exact, you know, phrasing, but there's lots of different kinds of people, diversity in general. You know, I talk to, I have many kinds of friends, not to say that I can't still be fucked up because I have many kinds of friends, but I try at least to engage with them in ways where I'm recognizing their humanity and they feel like they can trust me and I'm authentic with them, regardless of their identities and what yeah. so, and not regardless of their identities. I would say <laughs> related to the identities to the best of my ability, if I fuck up, you know, I've always been a person who's used to call out culture. People call me out all the time. So maybe a call out culture is toxic or whatever. We can have a conversation about that. But at least for me, if you tell me I'm a motherfucker because of X, Y, and Z, I'm going to at least listen to it. I don't have to agree, but I'm going to at least go, oh, wow, okay. Well, let me just, you know, evaluate this. Maybe I can apologize because it has still affected them negatively. Like, I have no problem apologizing. So that that's sort of where creating the space comes from. If you're not scared 
to talk to people, if you're not scared to be wrong, if you're willing to, you know, step out of your comfort zone and then and to make somebody else feel comfortable, then those are all skills. I can use those to benefit people who are marginalized. Yeah, and so, you do. I try. <laughs> so um, how can people get a hold of this and find you? Well, let me go. So, Perverse of Color, ta-da, give you a quick rundown. So, um, this is issue three. We're currently on issue four. So, the way it works is first it comes out as a digital, and then it comes out as print. I use the digital sales to help me pay for the print costs. So, my goal is to have this bi-monthly for at least a year. Um, if I can keep this going, I will keep it going. You know, but right now, a lot of this is just me and the contributors so let's say guys this is not an, a big expense yes it's not a big investment yeah so it's six dollars for the print and three dollars for the digital i'm on etsy so etsy.com slash shop slash kink art black so if you look up kink art black on etsy and so um i will have um um a little note Underneath the video, there will be a podcast note, which will have that link. Yes, definitely. So um, the whole point of it is basically to have interviews, stories. So this is International Master Slave. They did an interview in here. I had Sir Strange. He's amazing. I have some original photography. Um, but, you know, the, the whole point is I want to compile our stories and art. I want to encourage people to create art. Um, we're doing it already, but we just aren't sharing it with each other, right. writing our journals on FetLife and then it's just the end of it. But we can find a way to put it all together so it can be beneficial to others. Also have resources in here, NCSF, if you need a therapist, if you need a, a doctor that's kink aware. Um, I, I want to create this as a archive of diversity in the POC black brown communities. Um, and then my focus is kink, BDSM, leather, S&M and non-monogamy, fetish lifestyles. However, for me, that also includes slinging. That also includes many different communities. So please don't think if you don't see your thing on here that it's not for you. Check it out. Yeah. It's not a big investment. It's really cool. And it's well worth checking out. Thank you so much for joining me, Jackie. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for joining me for the A to Z of sex this week. Please write to me with suggestions for the show and any questions you want answered at drlorybeth at a to z of sex.com. That's D-R-L-O-R-I-B-E-T-H at A-T-O-Z-O-F-S-E-X.com. Do follow me on Twitter and Instagram where I'm at Dr. Bisbee and Facebook, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. Please check out my YouTube channel where you can now find Sex Spoken Here podcast, which is now turned into a vlog. I'm Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee there. For a free 30-minute discussion session with me, go to https colon forward slash forward slash the-intimacy-coach.com forward slash and then head to my contact page to click on my calendar and schedule directly. If you enjoy the show, please leave me a review on iTunes and Stitcher. Join me next week when the letter will be X. And thanks so much for listening. See you next week. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the A to Z of sex. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review here on iTunes and make sure you head over to www.a to z of sex.com. That's A 
T-O-Z-O-F-S-E-X. To subscribe to my free newsletter to help you keep your sex life sizzling. Stay tuned for upcoming weekly episodes as we work our way through the sexual alphabet to discover the wide world of sex, sexuality, desire, and intimacy. Knowledge gives you the power to create relationships that bring you satisfaction and joy. Hope to see you next week.